Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marsha, and we're going to have a really fun show today. It's called Beach Reads. It's a new show, and uh, we're actually going to find out exactly what we think of what beach reads means, <laughs> and so we're going to figure that out. But we're going to have fun today, and before we begin, I just want to say next week, I have because I sometimes forget to do this, next week, a tribute to Anne Rice, uh, Elizabeth Black, well, actually now she's going back as Trish Wilson, which is her name, and we're going to have a show with uh, the authors that did a tribute to Anne Rice, and it's going to be, you know, a really good show because, um, as you know, Elizabeth does a lot of shows with the network, and we all have a good time. Like last week we had John Skip, and it was really a, quite an interesting conversation, and so you never really know what to expect when you do a show, and when a guest comes on, we just have fun and try to figure out what you know are the best topics for whatever we're talking about, which as people that have listened to me for all these years knows that we keep changing the topic along the way during the show. So uh, we have uh, Kristen Lindsay Hager is my co-host today, and we have Stephanie J. Scott. So I think uh, we'll have Kristen say hi to you, and then we'll let Stephanie J. Scott say exactly who she is. We have to use the J because there's a lot of Stephanie Scott. So, right? Okay, <laughs> Kristen. Hi. How are you? I am good. I'm glad, glad to be back you could with make you it this today. Week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah going to be fun. You want to talk a little bit about yourself and then we can let Stephanie come on and talk about herself? Sure. I'm a young adult writer writing romance, contemporary romance, and I'm just re-releasing my Cecily Taylor pop star romance about a teen girl. And basically the whole thing comes down to what if you were a teenager, all your dreams came true, you got the dream career as an actress, model, and you get to date the guy, the singer-songwriter you've been in love with, what would, you, what would it really be like? So that's what I am working on now. And I'm, this is the first time I'm sharing this, but book three will be coming out um, beginning of next year. I'm working on that right now. So. Great. So you've got a lot going on. This is good. Always good, Always good to keep going. Uh, right. Stephanie? So glad you could come to the show. We had a great conversation uh, the other day, and that's why we're going to talk about some of the subjects that Stephanie wanted to talk about, and they were they're very interesting ones. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll start. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I also oh, write welcome. young adult, and I write um, adult romance. That's on the sweeter side, so it would be appropriate for you know younger readers to read. Right. Um, so I have a series that's all set in the summer. There's four books, um, so they're 
they kind of blend a lot of high school themes. Um, they're all set in summer, and then they're different friends that do have some loose connections, but they're t- typically like a standalone. And I also just put out another young adult book that is set at a tennis academy. Um, there's kind of a whole theme of academy romance. Um, if you especially read a lot of indie books and YA, um, there's not really a lot of sports academy. So it's a little out there, but it was one of those things where you just have an idea. And I wrote it a while ago, and I was like, you know, I should do something with that book. And I revisited <laughs> right. it, and I just had a lot of fun right. with it. It's so a good thing. It was right. kind of a me thing. I was like, this is just a fun book. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. And, that, that, you know, fun is good. That's why I do the show, because we try to have a good time. You know, I know we we have subjects that are, you know, a little tense sometimes, but those are really good shows. And we've had a few, uh, you know, we were just talking about we had a show, I don't know, it's about a month already, right, Kristen? I don't know. You know, we talked all about stress. So I think, and people, you know, are feeling a lot of stress. So, but this this time we're going to talk about fun and have, you know, beach reads. And maybe I should probably tell you who I am. I'm Marsha Casper-Cook, and I've been doing shows for 13 years or more, first on Red River, and then Virginia and I started Michigan Avenue. Well, we started World of Ink Network, and then that is Michigan Avenue Media now, which was my company, and so this is about 13 years, and I've been an agent, and I'm a writer and a screenwriter and a podcast host. So, And we always go into different topics, but... Uh, the most important thing is that for those that are readers or writers listening, if you're writing a book, just enjoy yourself and have a good time. And um, that's what Beach Reads is. So um, who wants to be in the show? Stephanie, do you want to talk a little bit about what Beach Reads means to you? Yeah, I was actually thinking about this because I thought, I wonder if this is one of those things where everyone kind of brings their own idea of what a Beach Read is. And I was just listening to another podcast, and they didn't use the word beach read. But I thought it was interesting that they said, when I go on vacation, I like to read a water-based book, like something that takes place, <laughs> like, on an island. I thought it was really funny. It was a guy who said that. Yeah, that is. Like, it's a water-based book. <laughs> <But> it's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it was like, oh, something that takes place, like, on an island or something <laughs> tropical. I was like, interesting. So, um <laughs> For me, I kind of tend to think of beach reads more as romance. That's probably just because I gravitate toward that as like an escapist kind of read. Um, And maybe stuff that's lighter that is a little more escapist. I guess it doesn't have to be totally light, but something that's, I don't know, maybe a little bit like adventurous or um, just like escapist. Like, oh, that sounds like a fun premise. I bet I would read that in like one or two sittings. I guess that's kind of what I think of. You know, that's actually what I thought it was until I decided to do the show, and then I started reading Beach Reads. I started looking it up, and I guess Beach Reads could be anything. And actually, which we are going to talk a little bit about TikTok, but uh, if you look in the music part of TikTok, there is something that says beach, you know, beach songs called waves or whatever and water. So I guess maybe that's what, when you were saying they want something with water, that's what they're thinking. I don't think that way because I don't swim, and I don't go... Yeah, so I'm kind of afraid of swimming, so I don't think of it just as water. I kind of think of it as, as just a fun, the same thing you do, fun, light, read, you know, nothing intense. Kristen, Although I do you? think of, like, mystery or thriller writers, too, probably have, like, 
you know, yeah, they they're do, maybe they not going to read a romance. Yeah, they do, because they looked it up, and that's what it but, says. <laughs> right. It says that. In the, you know, when you look it up, it, it says, you know, thriller, anything that people just, like, kind of sit on the beach or, you know, sit in the sun reading a book, you know. So I think maybe that's, you know, but it does have more meaning than I even thought it meant. So, okay, Steph, uh, well, Kristen, what about you? I know we talked about this, and that's why we decided to have the show so well, I never thought about this way. I never thought about it that way, but apparently I enjoy a good water-based read, too. I never okay. put it in that, in that context. <laughs> but, yeah, Great. I mean, I am a sucker for those covers that have, like, you know, like the tropical or a cottage. If you say the word cottage somewhere in your title, I am getting that book because there's just something about a cute little cottage, especially if you're going on vacation and it's like, you know, fish out of water type thing and you're in a small little village somewhere. I mean, I am picking that book up. I am sitting outside and that is my afternoon or my evening, whatever time I'm sitting outside. I, you know, I go more for those destination books. Um, especially like the last two summers where people really aren't traveling. Um, I love a lot of the authors that do like the destination books and stuff, places that I would probably never even think I wanted to go, but I'm going to pick up that book. And just, you know, for the afternoon on the weekend, that's where I am. I'm in Croatia that weekend. Or I really do like the little English towns and the water-based ones, the islands and lake towns like um you know, I know Stephanie and I, we both write about, you know, like, like lake areas and stuff like that. And I like to basically read what I write. I like something set, you know, in a cute lake town where someone goes away for the summer or something. And then, you know, what can happen? That fantasy, that what if, that romance. That's what kind of dra- pulls me in. Yeah, I think that I think that's true because I, you know, I had, uh, I, we had, I think it was a couple months ago we were talking about different, you know, Lake Geneva and things like, which is close to Chicago where I live. And um, so, and I thought, and that's in my book, actually, the newer book, and that's right. And But when I think of, I think of, you're right, it's water and a cottage and just summertime and just kind of, you know, because naturally when you live in the areas like Chicago or whatever, you think of the summer as like a cottage and warm, but because we don't have that all year, so we're not we're not thinking of a cottage, and when it's like twenty below zero, we're thinking of just trying to stay warm. <laughs> you know, in Chicago, it's very different. But you know, and I think it's kind of interesting that when I looked it up, there was so much on it. I was surprised, you know, because sometimes you think of something, you don't realize how much info, you know, is on the internet. Because once you put in a word, then you realize, oh, so many other people are thinking the same thing. Um, so, um, Stephanie. What do you, you know, I know when we talked, we did talk about trying to get readers. And I think this is for all authors, no matter who you are and what style you write in, where everybody's looking for readers. And so you had some really mm-hmm. good ideas. So do you want to, like, share a little, some of the ideas? Because I thought they were really good, you know, for people that really, you know, we're looking for people to read our books. You know, we love writing, but we also love the fact when somebody enjoys our books. That's really, we're all yeah. looking for that. Yeah, one of the things was I've been on Instagram a long time, and uh, my first book came out in 2016, and it was with a smaller, like, it was a big publisher, but like a smaller imprint, I should say. So yeah. I knew I wanted to build a reading kind of relationship. I knew I had to do a lot of that on my own. Um, but then I also kind of struggled with getting more books released. I didn't start releasing some of my own books until more recently. 
and I've still been in that, you know, working with an agent, submitting books and, you know, getting rejected and that whole cycle. Meanwhile, yep. still writing. So I had a lot of time. I've kind of been on Instagram both as an author and a reader, but because I didn't have a lot of books to promote, I ended up kind of using it more like a reader where sometimes in, in the bad thing, where not really bad, but sometimes I would get like direct messages from people saying, oh, well, you review my book, which I don't mind reading books for friends or kind of people I network with, but I'm not a book reviewer. That's just not a space yeah. that I'm interested in doing right. like heavy, heavily. So I was like, they're seeing my content and thinking I'm a, um, I'm a reviewer, right? Because I just right, share right, right. what I'm reading exactly. and I talk about books all the time. So it's been harder for me to self-promote, but I'm getting better at it. But because of that, I've just built up a lot of contacts with readers because I'm a reader and because I wasn't just every post, buy my book, it's 99 cents, buy my book, yeah. click yeah. this link. You know, it was like, here's what I'm reading, and then I just used it as a person. Like, I just like using it. And I think, like, yeah. probably some of the barriers are, like, when you hear about, oh, well, everyone should be doing this thing, and you don't like it. And then it feels like a chore. But if it's something that you're like, I'll give that a try, and you find yeah. out you like it and start making connections, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like this is something I actually care about. And for me, yeah. I feel like that's helped me connect with people is I just spent the time on the things that I actually cared about. And, like, you know, this other thing over here I might not do, but I spend my time on, you know, Instagram and then now TikTok I've been uh, using. See, I, I try and I a lot of Kristen things. And I might have connected on Instagram, right? Yeah, well, see, yeah right. And there, uh, right, I connected with Kristen also on Facebook, so I messaging, you know, and I think that's what happened. So I think the good thing about, you know, meeting all people, that, you know, most of the people on my show are, you know, a lot of them come on two and three times after all these years, you know, but you do meet a lot of people that you wouldn't have met, you know, and I've had people, you know, I write for an Australia magazine. I didn't even know anybody in Australia, and now I do, you know, and we're good friends and you know i've met people in all different countries so it, and we meet in all different states so it i think this is a good thing to meet people and i do think you know especially doing the shows that people do have information that help other people you know and we all have i try a lot of things before i even talk about it that's why when we talked about tiktok i wanted to like see more about tiktok because i didn't really like it that much when and then you said you didn't care about it that much and then you started to do things and but I do think the one thing when we discuss all of this I think it does get confusing to people and that's when I know Kristen we talk about Kristen and I about how stressed out everybody is about this and you try not to get stressed but I think people do get stressed doing this you know and our object is trying to write. I mean, we want to write and have a good time writing and then spending all this time on marketing does change people and before the show we were talking about the fact that people are leaving writing for maybe their lack of sales but you don't ever know if you're going to have a a book that sells a lot but you also shouldn't give up so fast Kristen you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that because we've talked about that you know ourselves yeah, I got some good advice um, when I first um, got my first book published where somebody told me that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, don't right. go for like the fast, mm -hmm. quick sale. You want to build up a relationship. You want readers to trust you. Um, and another good piece of advice I got was don't do the social media 
that makes you uncomfortable or any kind of promotion, whether it's like a radio show, because if you're not comfortable, they can pick up on it. They can, you know, there are certain things at when you go to conferences and you're asked to be on panels and this and that. I mean, I, lo- I love doing the panels and stuff like that. So always pick the things that you feel comfortable with because people can really pick up on that energy. Um, you know, like I'm on most of the social media things, but there are definitely ones that I feel more comfortable with. And I know like when I started out straight out of high school, my mom started putting me in these um, writing conferences to see if I really wanted to do this. That it's not just, you know, sitting in your office with a cute little notebook, like there's a business side behind it and everything. And so some of, a lot of the people that I started out going to these conferences and getting to know, um, some of them aren't published yet, and it's been, you know, a lot of time has passed, but they are still writing and putting stuff out there, whether it be on websites or freelancing or things like that. And so, um, you know, the ones that love it and write for the sake because they love writing are still in it. But the ones that maybe they got really big at the beginning and it just became overwhelming or trying to keep up the sales, that's a big thing too, you know, keeping the momentum. Everyone thinks that the biggest hurdle is getting published. And then once you get published, you realize that that's not, that's not it. It's the momentum. And that is where the challenge comes in. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, I think it is a challenge. But, you know, I do think, you know, when I've told this story many times on my show, but being on a radio show is a really good way to promote yourself and talk about yourself because people really like to hear who you are. And I, the first time I did one, I was a wreck. It was only five minutes. That's all I had. You know, the the publisher said, go on a radio show. And I said, I do not want to go on a show because I'm a writer. I don't want to talk. And she said, you need to do this. So anyway, so Red River had a show, and they, they offered everybody could read something for five minutes. And till I got on, I was total wreck. And I like to talk, as we all know, but I didn't know I could do this. And so I went on. And I was, as I'm reading, there's a few words I'm thinking, oh, should I say? I'm like changing the words while I'm, while I'm reading. <laughs> and I was a wreck. And then I went on another time, and then she said to me, do you want to do a radio show? I go, what? <laughs> I don't know. You know, what do I, you know, I didn't, I was writing, you know, and I had another career also that I was, you know, working for doctors. I was a lab tech, and I worked in hospitals, and I went, I don't know. And I did it, and I liked it. And then I started doing shows, and then Virginia and I, which people have probably heard the promo, Virginia and I started a show. She doesn't do it anymore, but I, she, there's a possibility. Hopefully she'll come back someday. But I've been doing this for 10 years, I think, myself, or maybe eight or nine, I don't know. But um, it's something that I like, and I always remember how hard it was to do for me to do so that's why I like to have like sometimes shows with four or five people or three people and I like to talk to the people before they come on the show so they're not nervous because yeah. I don't care who you are I think it's a nerve-wracking experience but when you talk you know this blog talk started this I don't know how long it's longer than me yeah I've been on for 13 years but this is a great way for people to meet each other and to learn different things so I feel pretty good about people giving information you know i try to have guests that give good information and we're talking about books and try to keep it light because i think people do get nervous when they have to speak like you just said you know 
they're afraid. Mm-hmm. When you know? I started and, out, I was much more comfortable on camera because I had started out in like TV. And so I was comfortable doing on-camera interviews, but radio, just like you, I was nervous. Um, I was sweating. My first one, I was a nervous wreck, and um, I've gotten more comfortable. I kind of have forced myself over the years to read in front of people, and I kind of know my my comfort zones. Like, you know, if there's a panel or something where I can speak, I can do that, but when it's just, you know, like, oh, do you want to be like the lead speaker or something like that, that when all the attention you know, I don't like anything where there's too much ego involved because I feel like I see my face on a poster and I'm like, oh, geez, do I belong there? You know, can we just hide this poster in the bathroom where nobody can see it? Yeah. But if there's other people around me, great, fabulous, I'm happy. So, yeah, I, I do like But look what they do on TikTok. Like look what people do on TikTok. I mean, you know, this is, you know, I don't think I can do that. You know, So, Stephanie, we talked about that. You first got on TikTok and you weren't that thrilled with it. What changed you? No, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Um, so, like, 2020 was kind of, you know, when everybody yeah. was yes. you know, at home, and that right, first exactly. TikTok really exploded. And so yeah. I was on there, too, watching, you know, the funny dancing and the, you know, talented dancers, funny cat stuff, like, whatever. <laughs> and then, um, you know, <laughs> and then one of my um, author friends at, at my literary agency, she said, oh, I just kind of have been having fun on TikTok and one of my videos went crazy and people are buying my books. You have to get on there. And, and I was like, eh, I just didn't know what I was doing and it felt very intimidating. Um, yeah. But I had, I don't feel like I'm a performer. Like I'm comfortable with this and I'm comfortable giving presentations, but right. I don't like act and dance and lip sync and all that. And so I had convinced myself <laughs> right. that's the narrative right. I told myself yeah. was that's all TikTok is and I don't belong there. And so I was seeing all these authors that I know having successes there <clears throat> and telling myself, oh, that's not for me because I'm not these things that TikTok wants. Yeah. And it's really not true. Like there's, like a lot of people on TikTok that don't show their face at all. And I know that. I, I noticed their books. Right. I know. That's what I saw. Right. right. And then I went, oh, this is good. I right. can do this. Right. And yes. one of, um, an author I've known for quite a while, she was traditionally published and she also does indie books too. I remember her saying maybe like a year ago in one of these like Facebook author groups, like, oh, I think you just have to be cute and young and, you know, this, very stereotypical person to be successful. Well, flash forward, her books are in, her indie books are in Barnes and Noble on those curated book, book talk tables. Uh-huh. So a yeah. lot of Barnes and Nobles have really embraced um, the reader community from book talk because they're going into the stores and buying the books. And she said, right. no That's publisher could get my book in Barnes and Noble, but TikTok did because word of mouth spread about her books. And some of that's really out of your control, but she was also doing these short videos where it'd be their text, it's snippets of her book, and they're really quick, sharp hooks of like, right. you know, here's the right. premise, and, you know, really enticing stuff. And so she just got really good at it. And then, I don't know, it's crazy. It's, it's things that I didn't expect. So my, what I thought TikTok was is like, oh, it's this one thing. And it's really become such a big um, platform that there's many communities yeah. on it. And so they're all kind of yeah, there's a lot. different things. Right, and you can find different yeah. things. You can, you know, if you want to find music to go with your book, you just 
look up the book, you know, music, and then you can put it in your favorites. And I never got that far before, but I'm doing that now. And then, you know, it takes time to build up. But, right, I've noticed that I saw tons of people sharing their books. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. And it's not so, I mean, I, so that's I'm a good pretty thing. small time. <laughs> I'm pretty small time, and, like, my books are young adult, but they're kind of, you know, they're contemporary. They're not high fantasy with life or death stakes, um, you know, and then my romance is on the sweeter side. They're not super steamy or spicy, which, you know, that kind of community is really big there. But I've still had some videos catch on, and, like, I can see, because I have books that I've published myself, I can go onto an Amazon and Barnes and Noble, like the publishing dashboard. I get book sales from them. It's not like huge, but it's direct correlations from that, and I think that's really exciting. You know that well, right now Barnes and Noble can do that I for think, free. I think yeah. Barnes and Noble realized, and all the bookstores realize that independent publishing. I mean, I it's a huge. It, it's huge now, and you know, and I think most readers they don't really care who published the book. They just want a good story. That's what they want. They they don't care, and that's what you want to, you know, you want to have people that like your work, you know, and they don't really care who the publisher is because, you know, if you're not with the big six, there's tons of other publishers, their names, and a lot of them, they don't, they're probably not even looking for the names. They're looking for the story that they want to read, you know, either by the cover, right, like description, me. word of mouth. Right, like oh, me right. picking up a book just because there's a cottage on it. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, I, and the I bought a book this morning. <laughs> I bought a book this morning. Like usually, when I get up, I'm kind of like maybe scrolling through things to just kind of wake up. And it was yeah. a TikTok video, and someone puts together these books are free right now on yeah. whatever platform, or this book's right. 99 cents. And I was like, oh, I love that author. I didn't know this book right. was for sale, and I just went and bought right. it immediately. Like, <laughs> right, you know, and you that's what, what people should do. Right, exactly. I found this book uh, by Rachel Hanna, and then now I realize she does similar to what I do. She has a shorter books, and because I was listening to the audio book, and then I didn't realize how many pages there were because, you know, I didn't even care. I just looked at it, I started listening, and I liked it. And then all of a sudden it goes like, what? I said, what happened to the story? It's like over. And then it goes, oh, book two, book three, and that's what I do. And so I thought, oh, this is great, you know, and it's about like a southern living community and whatever and things like that. I looked up that market that's just today, and I'm on the third one already, but it, they're short, they're sweet, and they're like beach. That's why I thought beach reads, it's kind of like, you know, they're just easy reads. And I, I call them, even for audiobook, to me it's a read because you're listening to someone's story, you know. And oh, audiobooks. Yeah, you know, and I love audiobooks. I talk about it all the time. And I think a lot of people still do not want to listen to audiobooks. But I think that they should give it a little try because if you want to talk about relaxing, it's very relaxing. And it's really good for authors also because they can just hear someone else's story and just see kind of how they do it and maybe they like their style. And maybe they Mm -hmm. can work that into something that they do. It's like learning. I read as I think, much you know, as I do because I listen to audio a lot. You do. When I take walks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yes. if I, especially in the summer, I'm walking a lot and I'm always listening to an audio book. I also yeah. listen to podcasts. So I feel like if you, you're halfway there, if you're listening to podcasts, like you can just it's probably true. embrace an audio book more, more than 
someone who doesn't already listen to people talking a lot. Right. I, I probably have always been like this and didn't realize that I was more of a verbal audio. You know, you just don't think of those things until I even started doing shows. I didn't realize that, you know. And I think people don't realize how much they would like, you know, listening to audio because they just think they're so used to reading books. But like mm-hmm. you said, if you're walking outside or wherever, if you're walking on the beach, <laughs> that, you know, this is a good thing. It's a beach read then. I mean, you're walking on the beach. So, you know, and I think I'm not sure exactly what how this show will be for the next, you know, because after, it could be other books. So, I mean, I think, and then I have a page beach reads but i have to fix up the title because i changed a few things and um i think my goal for that page it's all about love beach reads was for people to just go in and not see my books but to see what everybody is reading and i wanted people that are you know that i know to put some of the books on there that they have enjoyed you know without even giving Mm, a review you know just to yeah that's what i love i always just love yeah recommending and seeing what people read and yeah yeah my, my so, i'm not a reviewer scary it's so long <laughs> yeah and i'm not a re- and yeah, i'm not mine. a reviewer you know and i think what i did learn is is that you can just rate a book if you listen to an audiobook at the end of the audiobook it gives you you can put stars one two three four five and if you like the book it's easy you just put the stars and that's it and you gave them a rating and it mm-hmm. actually helps the author I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. And so that's a good thing. And that's a, that is considered, I guess they put that ratings and reviews in with that, you know, on Amazon. So I think, you know, if you don't want to give a big review, you just give the stars and they, ta- they handle it, you know. Because, right, I don't think a lot of, some people just don't want to give a review. That's it, you know, but you like their book. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm hoping my page will be instead of just my, I don't want to keep putting my books out. I want to see what other people are reading. And that's the problem with Facebook. And that's why people aren't looking at Facebook as much and going to TikTok and they're going to Instagram because they just don't, they're not enjoying it anymore. I think that's what happened to Facebook. I think there's different pockets of people like, um, read I read a lot about like social media like from experts who analyze that stuff right. I just find it interesting and someone's point was that people are always trying to compare Instagram and TikTok because Instagram has reels which is like their video version to try to compete but TikTok's yeah. real competition is YouTube that they're more similar yeah. to YouTube because it's all video content that's all it's yeah. ever been and YouTube you know, has been around longer and has longer form yeah. content. And TikTok was really short, but TikTok's been adding longer form stuff. Um, but there's not as much crossover. That's what I thought is like, there's some people that they, they are TikTok people and they don't want to do anything else. And there's YouTube right. people and like, that's where they live. So there's all right. these pockets of places that, exactly. you know, yeah, that's some of those true. people aren't yeah. on Facebook at all. Yeah. 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 But there are readers so, everywhere. I think that's a good point, too, is that there yeah. are readers in all these different places. They just use the different apps differently. So I think you right. can find exactly. readers on all of those places. Yeah. Um, it just I think where you talked about burnout, it gets overwhelming if you're trying to be everywhere doing all of the yeah. things all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. It's just you're and you should so write and for writers do. and for writers that are listening, just write and enjoy what you do. Because I think all of us that write know if we've sat and had a good day of writing, we feel really good. 
I mean, like, we're happy. I mean, if I have a good day of writing, I'm, like, really happy. You know, and it might just be a chapter. I'm really happy. So I think that that's what we like is writing. So if we're constantly yeah, thinking to... we should – go ahead. Oh, sorry. When I talk no, to writers, okay. I sometimes talk to um, – I ask people, like, what their goal is. Because I think you can just still write a book and not have to think about the marketing Eventually yeah. you do if you want to sell books, but right. not everybody has the same goals with that. Like some right. people really truly mm-hmm. find happiness and contentment in writing the books they yes. want to do Yeah, with, you know, you all want to sell them and have people read them, but maybe that's not your entire focus where, you know, that's right. all you're concentrating like, like on. For, and like, right. I have to make this amount of money. Right. right. So for me, it's kind of like if I if somebody says to me, I enjoyed your book, and they start talking about my characters, I love that. See, that's what I like. I like for somebody else to talk about my characters like they're people. So <laughs> I think they're people, and writers, we do think they're people. So that, to me, is better than a review if somebody says to me, you know, oh, this is how Virginia is or this is a character I have or whatever. And that's what I enjoy is hearing what they think about my characters and my story. Not really the the amount of sales I get, but if people are enjoying what I write. And I think everybody does have their own. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it does get stressful. And so that's why some people, like Kristen said, they're just, not writing now, which is so sad that they are giving it up because they don't feel successful enough, some of them. And that's a problem, you know. But you got to keep going if you really want to stay in this. It's a game, kind of, and you just stay in it if you really love it. Yeah. And nobody knows who's going to write. We talked about this before, uh, the bestseller. You don't really know. You could be one of the people that, like Hoda on, on NBC says, oh, I love this book, or, you know, Jenna Bush. You don't know that someone won't pick up that book and say, I love this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of authors, too, that they just got a little bit big too fast, and it just became overwhelming. So they were very successful, but then keeping up with that level of success, kind of like in the music industry, they talk about that the curse of the sophomore album, when your second album, mm-hmm. you know, can't match up to the success of the first one. And I think that can happen a little bit in um, with books as well. I mean, not to the same extent, because sometimes readers aren't picking your book up because of who you are, but because they like whatever genre you're in. But it's still, there is always that pressure. I know when my second book was coming out, people kept saying, oh, don't worry about that, which only made me worry more because they kept bringing it up. And I just decided <laughs> to kind of release, um, you know, the expectations or whatever from that so that I wouldn't be overwhelmed. And plus I knew I had a, a book three at that point that was going to be um, coming out, so I wasn't, you know, as worried about that. But yeah, you know, I I got asked a question in an interview just recently about what is your definition of success? And I thought that was really good because like what you were saying, when readers mention your characters, that's, you know, that's your, you know, hallmark. For me, mine is when people message me, you know, people I don't know, or I find something on my my, uh, website email where they say that, you know, they were going through something and they just needed a little break at the end of the day to relax. And my book kind of you know, took them away, is what one woman put it, or the escapism. Because a few years ago, before I had a book out, that's what I was dealing with. Um, 
right. you know, books for to get away at the end of the day. And really, that's kind of why I started with YA, because when I was a kid going to private school, it was a lot of pressure. I mean, I look back now and I think like, oh, you know, you thought you had it so hard, but I had a lot of, you know, pressure with friend groups and cliques and, you know, private school in this like little country club town. It was a lot of pressure for, you know, an 11-year-old, 12, 13. And so I would go and I would get all YA books? Is that why you started yes. going into the YA market? Yes, because that was my escape at the end of the day. And some of the girls in the books were dealing with some of that stuff. Like Paula Danziger is really great for writing about, you know, the teen angst and all the difficult things you go through not feeling like you fit in. And those books were a complete lifeline for me. I mean, I just, you know, absorbed those. Those, you know, were almost like self-help manuals in some way. You know, I felt understood. I felt heard, you know, all from a Paula Danziger book. And, you know, Judy Bloom, and there's a lot of other authors too, but Paula was really the one where I really felt like, oh, my gosh, she understands. She gets it. And when I decided to write YA, Later on, um, I had had actually a college professor tell me that you really need to be doing this. And I picked up a book, um, a used book from Amazon about Paula Danziger being a writer and talking about how she wanted to reach out and help teenagers, you know, feel less alone. And as I was reading this, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what I want to do is make people feel less alone, make them feel heard and seen. And I was just, you know, I knew at that moment that that's what I wanted to do, like that more than anything that anyone ever talked about being a writer and doing like that at that moment, I knew that that was what I was meant to do. Wow. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, that is. All right, so Stephanie, what about you? I mean, you're you're moving on from the YA into the new adult genre, which is close to that, right? I mean, that's the... Um, No, not so much new adult, I don't think. What do you consider new adults? What do you consider new adult? A lot of people don't. Oh, that's a, you know, that's a loaded to, question. I know <laughs> like, that because nobody knows the answer. I don't know the questions. answer. I never really <laughs> asked that question before, but I because people I don't know if what that means exactly because if you're in the YA yeah. market and then you're still in the contemporary romance and it says a sweet romance, isn't that it? Kind yeah, of well, a new heard, adult. Um, oh, is that Christine? either of you can go. go. I was going to say that in the library quite a while back, when New Adult first got big, they had a sign saying ages 19 to 25 was the New Adult market and kind of like the college age and just getting out of college. That's how they had to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think people, there's a gap in publishing. So there's a lot of like indie authors and the indie industry really drew drove New Adult because if you wrote a character who is like 18 and a freshman in high school and you tried to pitch that, I mean, you as an agent maybe know this, they would yeah. tell you age it down and make it high school. We, we don't do college. I mean, you could maybe find here and there. Yeah, books but, right. like it, wouldn't be, it, wasn't a good, it wasn't a good genre right at yeah. that time. Yeah, it was and so not. people were like, well, why? And so a lot of indie publishers, they kind of want it, or indie authors, I should say, we're like, well, we're going to just be writing these books, and now we have these tools to publish on our own. We're just going to do that. And what really launched a lot of it is, like, you know, spicy, super yeah, right, kind right. of hot, young, contemporary. And I think that there was a gap in the market that a lot of the contemporary romance was, you know, maybe right. the late I, 20s I think that's into true. your 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I started doing kind of, when I, I started think, doing rom- – go ahead. I was going to say, because I when I started doing romance shows uh, – 
13 years ago, I didn't even know what that market erotic was. I wrote some afterwards, but I didn't even know that was a market, you know, and, you know, because yeah, and it's, the new adult really it, it became erotic, hot. There's still, no, right. But I'm saying, right. It wasn't more mainstream, you know, right. Stuff but like sexier, that. So I think that publishers, sexy. Yeah, publishers still never really embraced the term new adult. Um, you don't really yeah. just see it around as much anymore, but it right. does tend to kind of be like a, hotter contemporary romance like more, and I yeah, think there like are people sexier, trying right. to make yeah like there are people like oh well I do new adult but it's not sexy and it's this and this and this and this other thing and it's just I don't know that publishers never really grabbed onto it so um, yeah, I think sure. the books are out there but they might just be branded as like contemporary romance or something right and that's the other mm-hmm. problem the genre is loaded that's the other thing about Amazon that is very tough because that's such a big that's that's a big genre on Amazon and mm-hmm. it fits so many different types of styles and it's really tough that's the hardest market yeah. is to figure out when a, for a reader so you have to, so kind of i think now with the sweet romance when you add that as a tag word it tells them it's it's not going to be hot and sexy yeah i use yeah. Sweet. i just tend to like that Term. Um, and that but, can kind of go mm-hmm. a lot of different places, but I mean, you can only do so much. Like you just try to what, what convey what the book's what about in your cover copy. Oh, sweet. What, what, sweet. what was that word that you just said? I didn't hear you. What was it? sweet? The word the sweet. You just oh, sweet. Oh, okay. Sweet, sweet. romance. Yeah. 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 I noticed a yeah. lot of new adult books get thrown into the YA categories because if you look at like the oh. top 100 and YA, there's a lot of books that really aren't for teenagers because there's like yeah, adults I on the cover. Like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah, can I be don't a little like that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure. Yeah, so I mean, I if think there the was enough momentum to, yeah, if there's enough momentum to say we want a whole new category called new adult, and you can't just shove it also in young adult, like they're two different things. That's, yeah. that's always been my opinion. Like, hey, there's room for lots of different genres, but like, you know, like I once saw, and this is, you know, sometimes Amazon puts books in categories that the authors don't necessarily want them in. Right. We, um, Kristen so and I talked about authors. that. Right. We, we talked yeah. about that. I like, how did mm-hmm. my book get in this category? <laughs> and they put yeah. it in. Mm-hmm. And it's not us. We, I don't even know how it got there. Yeah. Yeah. And do. it might be like also bought. You know, like, oh, we noticed this yeah. book is also being bought with these seven other books, and then they just yeah. put it in that category that those other books are in. And this is really hard to yeah, the mystery very hard for authors. <laughs> this is really difficult, you know, because the tag words help, but sometimes if you click a tag word on Instagram, it goes to somebody else's site or some other things that you don't even want to be on. So you're putting your if you have a tag word it's going into this other site that maybe you don't even want to be there but it it hits if you it just you you click it and that's where it goes so i think that's another problem where it goes oh, yeah, like a hashtag like search yeah when this when you put a tag or search word and it, you say like uh, bookstagram well bookstagram means everything and what does that mean yeah. everybody's in there yes you know big <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if you click, right, and then because if you click on it and you go like, well, why am I in, you know, I'm clicking, this is Bookstagram, but this is what came in to there, you know, or contemporary, it goes into somewhere else that maybe you don't even want to be there. That's the problem is the tag words too. 
you know, of yeah, what I happened. Yeah, I run into the problem yeah. because I'm writing but, drama, but my books are funny, so they sometimes call those like dramedies, and Netflix yeah. uses that as a category. But yeah. Amazon doesn't really have the dramedy type thing. They don't no. really acknowledge mm-hmm. that books can be like, you know, have a lot of drama. They can have comedy at the same time. But yeah. Amazon doesn't really have a category for that one. See, but they, yeah. do, um, they do uh, sometimes update them. And I know the BISAC categories, the things that the libraries and stuff use, they regularly yeah. are updating them. So I'd be curious to follow that if there's any movement on that with, like, gaining new categories. But it's, like, out of your control, mm-hmm. right? You just have to wait. I, it really, it. that kind of is. So that's the thing. But, you know, and what you're saying is true, though, when you, when you are in a lot of groups, Stephanie, when you get in a lot of groups and then, you know, you – you realize, you go, do I keep wanting to do this? You know, put your, you know, this is my book, this is my book. But then you have the other side of the coin is if you watch TV, if uh, something is going to be on in a month later or two months, they they actually put it on every single minute. And then so is okay. that, and that gets you eventually to probably look at it. So I, that's the thing. One time isn't enough or two times. They, they say mm-hmm. you have to keep doing this. But as the author, and like what you were saying before, is like you just want, you feel like you're just saying, okay, buy my book, buy my book. But if you <laughs> don't put it out there, people won't see your book. That's the other thing. Yeah. How are they going to see you? We don't know. Yeah. That's what makes yeah. everybody stressed. Stephanie, I wanted to ask you, too, because you, you're writing, you know, the adult sweet romance and you're writing the YA romance. How do, you, um, how do you market to both? Do you have, like, a special way where you, you know, make it clear? How do you, how do you go across those two categories? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think because I was writing sweet romance, which for me sweet is like it's not hot and heavy, you know, intimacy on the page. I mean, there's more adult situations that you would find in like an adult romance and stuff, but I keep mine, you know, where I would like, you know, a lot of teenagers are reading adult books anyway, right? Like, um, you know, they could easily read them and I wouldn't have a problem with it or anything. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard, but I've just had both in mind. And so I didn't want to do a pen name. It didn't feel like they were different enough that I had to totally separate them. Like if I was doing very high heat romance or something, like I would separate them into like a different author identity, but I just kind of market them all together. That's hard. That's a very tough thing. And that's why my advice to people, if they're starting out, stay in the genre for a while at least, because when you are writing in a few genres, your marketing is insane. Because I have children's books, a memoir, drama, Mm -hmm. okay, sexy books, sweet romance, and go try to market that. It's like, it's really difficult. But I just thought of something while you were talking. Actually, I never, I really didn't think of this, but if you write, if you use Hallmark as a tag word, because while you were talking, I just was thinking, well, that's really what a Hallmark movie is. And everybody loves Hallmark movies. I mean, even in the winter, you know, even though you know the ending, people love Hallmark. So that might be a good tag word. I mean, I never even thought of it. But that does, if you say Hallmark movie, it kind of describes what the book is. It's no sex. Yeah, and I think some authors are really successful with that. I would say mine are probably not quite as that level of sweet as a Hallmark, but it does fit 
some, you know, there's like even nuances with like a sweet romance, yep. right? Like there's some that's a small town that is going to be very right. hallmarky. And then there's stuff that's just like Emma St. Clair is an author I read a lot. And she's um, an indie author who does adult sweet romances. And yep. they're very funny. They're kind of more rom-com. And they're just, you know, they're modern people. You just don't get the detailed spicy scenes. Right, like that's yeah, because that's what, that's what mine are. That's what mine. But they're, are. Not, they're not Hallmark at all. They don't fit I Hallmark. Yeah, they because no. Hallmark is, but you know, it kind of gives a person. It, it does say one thing: no sex. That you know, that's for sure. Just kissing or something. I mean, yeah, a Hallmark, Hallmark movie, never. they might kiss once at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the, the end. I, I, and occasionally now, I've seen them kiss sometimes. In the middle, which is shocking. Oh, the scandal. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's like wow. progression. And, and, yeah. and, you know, because at the end, you know, and sometimes they just give a little kiss. Sometimes they give a whole, you know, really arms around them kiss, you know. But, you know, listen, I mean, this is a successful market, Hallmark, you know. I mean, it just means something to people. But the adult mm-hmm. romance comedy, that's, what did you say, adult, like adult romance comedy? Oh, it's a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, I put that in rom-com, but that's, these are all things that are so hard for people because, you know, as much as we're, authors try to do this, I think people, I don't know that all, I hope they look at hashtags for all the trouble it causes people to try to figure out hashtags, <laughs> but, you know, but this is the thing. This is all we have to describe it or, you know, and the description so I think, you know, this is also a good topic to talk about for a few minutes. It's when you're writing a description, do you change it often on your site or do you just keep the same description the whole time? If it, you know, cuz no one really knows how it if it works or not until you know, if you get a lot of sales, maybe it does, but it I don't know that it does. I don't know that that's exactly the thing, but I do see people now writing long descriptions and maybe a little scene from the book which I added now. I have no idea. I try everything. I really do try a lot. What how do you feel about that the descriptions? Well, either of you. Cuz that's the hard part. Yeah, no, cuz that's a hard writing a description to me is you know, I'd rather be scrubbing floors. I think it floors. does take a lot of practice. Yeah. yeah, I so I mean, you if know, you're with I, a publisher, a lot of times, you know, the publisher does that. But yeah, but um, it's not always so good either. That's not you know because it's really hard. Right. I mean, you know, and they can change. Yeah, I think styles because, change. Like there's yeah. a lot more um, book descriptions that are in first person now versus like, you know, Jane. Is right, it was before. Beach, right, you it's know, for her true. cottage. Right. So well, I, I think, think you know, and then they tell you don't write their names studying. in it. But I like the names in it. I think it's okay to put the names in. I think, in my opinion, of all of this, now you can kind of do what you want. You know, if it works for you, I guess it's good. If it doesn't, try something else. I guess I don't. You know, I think that's the hardest part is the description for everybody. I think that yeah, works for authors. Um, you know, yeah, just networking with other authors, as I was going to say, is you learn a lot by seeing what other yeah. people do. I think that, and I do think it helps, you know, and you, so some, that's why I, why I like the show because, you know, while you're talking, I'm writing some things down, you know, that I didn't think of, you know, and so I think that's one of the things that podcasts are good at because you listen to people that are authors or, you know, 
read whatever I have readers on, authors. I'd like to have more shows with readers on, but nobody wants to. I've tried to try to get people on <laughs> that are just readers. I cannot get anybody to come on because they don't want to. They don't want to talk about it. You know, we do this, but they don't want to do that. But I would love if anybody's out there that's a reader, please contact me. I would love that because I <laughs> want to hear what readers think. Because we as authors would like to hear what readers think, they what they really think, you know, not a review. Mm-hmm. I mean, what they really think and what what makes them want to get a book, what makes them put it down, what makes them want to stay up all night and read it, you know. Those are the things that readers could help us with. that, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. social media, like even just if you're yeah, not the one posting, but – being in reader communities and seeing what people talk about um, yeah. and ideally not abusing it. So I'm, I'm that's right. Because when they start specific. saying bad things, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like when people start saying yeah. bad things because, you know, even if somebody writes a bad book, it took them a lot of time to do it. You know, I mean, that's true. Yeah, I'm more know. of abuse of like the author relationship. Like if I'm in some reader spaces, like I'm in a book club that's um, all readers, with, I think there's maybe one other writer in it, but I don't self-promote in that. They know I write books, right. and as a side effect yeah. of having a relationship with those readers, they have supported my reading, but I am not promoing to them, and I'm not going into a reader space in Facebook and saying, oh, you want a book recommendation? Here's mine, and here's a link. Like, no, right. I'm just talking about books. You know, I know. So I, I don't do that either. Right. I see they say recommendation, but yeah. I, I don't see, think I put, I don't put that down. I don't put my book down because I kind of feel weird about that. You know, if I'm p- posting it, I'm recommending it, mm-hmm. kind of, I just don't do that. <laughs> I just think it's kind of right. But then sometimes they say, okay, put the link in. You know, a lot of people do that. There's a lot of people sure. out there that are nice to authors and say, just drop your links here. And that is nice. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and... I mean, that's why even on mine, you know, Beach Reads, I want people to do things like that because it if someone likes a book or whatever and they're enjoying it, well, maybe I would too. But And maybe I wouldn't want to sit on Amazon looking for books and maybe I would never come across that book. Because why yeah, would I? There's, I found, you know, um, there's millions. I found an <laughs> author basically from somebody just posting about something that they read when they were – They've been sick for a while, and so they started reading. It was um, Heather Vogel Frederick, who she's got a lot of different um, series, but she had like the mother-daughter book club and then those really truly books. And it was, you know, we had a very long winter one year, and I started getting some of those books, and I got so hooked on her. I don't even remember how it started, but I had to read one after the other. The mother-daughter book club completely, I felt like I was another member of this thing and had somebody not recommended (laughs) it saying like, oh, this got them through. I mean, I was just going crazy for these books and stuff. And, you know, in each one of the books, the girls age up a little bit through each um, book in the series and they're reading um, a classic. And some of the classics aren't even books that I was really familiar with. Some of them, you know, like Little Women, you know, or like a Jane Austen you're, you know, aware of or maybe had bread like in school or something, but those completely hooked me. I mean, that was just like, I couldn't wait for the end of the night because I could get back to my Kindle and I could get back to my mother-daughter book club, you know, but these were so great. So I love like organic recommendations because sometimes now with Instagram and TikTok, you have these influencers. And I don't know about you guys, but I get a lot of people 
asking like, oh, you know, for this amount of money, I'd, I'd love to put you on my site for this amount of money. And it's like, then how many of these reviews are organic, what you really enjoyed? You know, immediately that kind of sets up red flags to me because I don't, you know, do things like that when people come into my DMs, you know. Of course, lately I can't even get to my DMs. They're crazy. But I, you so know, I, I just think, right, I think that people, you know, like readers, read, this is like what we want. And I think what you're saying is when you are in a reading group, I think, Stephanie, then you're hearing right readers talk about things that maybe you didn't think of before. So that's like kind of a good thing in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for so my, over know, the pandemic, um, yeah, I joined a, this group that it was something somebody posted on Instagram, and they were going to read all of Sarah McLean's historical romances. She had like 15 at the time. So they set up this start, schedule, and it was a book a week for like three months or something, right? It would be like 15 yeah. weeks. And right. they would lead like discussions online, and it would be like, okay, we're reading, you know, it's Monday through Friday and you just read each kind of chunk of chapters and, you know, go at your own pace, come in when you want to. Um, but this book club is still going. So they, they call it seasonally booked up and it's a couple of yeah. um, just readers and they actually, both of them work in publishing because they just love books so much, but they do these themed readings and we just did a season called um, spring of scoundrels and their historical romances that had the word scoundrel in it. So we have this whole, um, forum where we chat and it's just talking about books and it's there people that span you know from their 20s up until they're like I think in their 60s um and it's kind of like a small core group but we just talk books and you know historical romances and all kinds of things and they're constantly giving reviews I mean I read so many historical books the last like two years but but you, you know, know right and I, I think authors I've right. never yeah, and when we spoke, I talked about that. I have, was, have never been historical, but now I was watching Down Abbey and all these different shows, and then I have many historical writers on, and it's so interesting. So I think, and that's why, like for me, like when I say horror writers, uh, you know, romance writers, whatever, thrillers, you know, really writers basically are the same. Believe it or not, people they go like, oh, I don't want to listen to a horror writer, but they're they're so entertaining. And they just talk about writing. It's not about exactly what they write. So I think sometimes people can try a book or that they've never tried before, and it may not be what you think it is, and you might really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, yeah, every that's so why often I dip into like thriller and um, yeah. yeah. I don't read horror so much, but like yeah. Like a I don't really. I, like I don't, but I love my. I love the here. authors on it, the show because they are unbelievable. And because it, it was so shocking to me when I started doing this, horror writers. You know, I thought, well, all right. So I tried them and I had them on. You know, because when I started my show, my show it was called The Good Stories, A Good Story. So I had all these different genres, and I, I didn't really know about that. I like you know contemporary romance, sweet type. You know, not not erotic or sexy, but my grandmother did, and that's how I read, learned how to read some of these books. But I, you know, and I've had many erotic authors on. They're, they're great. They're such fun. And that isn't who they are. So I think when people think of a horror writer, erotic writer, they're just regular people. They're just writing that genre. That's not them, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the things, you know, I found for me getting to you know, talk to all these people how alike everybody is as an author. 
you know, the same problem. Yeah, I know. I don't read fantasy. My my husband reads those, you know, like fantasy type books, and he loved uh, Terry Brooks. In fact, he made me go see Terry Brooks when he came to town. And Terry Brooks has a book about being a writer, his nonfiction book. And I, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, so many of the things he talked about is what I feel as a writer and some of the struggles right. and stuff that he went through. And I loved that book. Oh, I bought my right. husband a copy of it. And he's like, well, I read more of his fiction. I was like, you have to yeah. read this book. Yes, a writer is a writer, regardless of what people think. I mean, we all have the same thoughts, and you know, they all have the issues with marketing, trying to get readers, trying to find a good description, trying to you know talk to other writers, see what they're writing. I mean, we're really so much alike, and no matter you know, in different states, you know, I, I that's what it is. It's we're just writers who are trying to write a good story. You know, and that's really yeah. like, you know, the main important thing of all of this that we're talking about today is readers want a good story, so that's what we have to do. Write the best story we can for them, you know, and then they'll enjoy it. That's what you want. Someone to pick up your book and go, this was a good book. It had a beginning, middle, and end. And that's important. You still need those three things, beginning, middle, and end, <laughs> you know, and no matter how long it is, and if it's a short novella or if it's a longer book or if it's a series, it, you know, you want to be enjoying it. The, you want the reader to come away happy, right. not sad. I mean, you know, not unhappy that they read your book or someone will fit, start a book and just write something on Goodreads or go like this was a horrible book and they never even finished it. They read, a two, you know, they read two pages and they go, this book is not good. So it's not fair either. That that part is the other thing. We're all out there, and anybody that you know is on Amazon can write a review, and it could be right. something they never even read, and that's kind of sad. Well, speaking of things um, reviewers sometimes don't like are cliffhangers, which are really popular in a series. And I'd like to yeah. know what you guys think about the whole cliffhanger thing, Stephanie. What is your thought on cliffhangers at the end of books? I think they can have their place, but, like, you know, if they're not done well, it definitely makes readers upset. So you have yeah. to have some kind of conclusion, and then you leave a few things hanging. Right. But yeah. you can't leave yeah. everything hanging, right? No. Yeah. I, I think so that's I was reading I something. Yeah, I was reading something. I think it was an indie author, and it's such a cute cover. I think I just, like, thought bought it. I didn't know anything about it. And as I'm progressing through the book, I was like, you know, there's only, like, left there's so much left to resolve and then I realized it's a duo and they just stopped it was like really one book that they split into two and it did not have the right satisfying ending and it was like you really had to buy the second book to finish the story so that was an example of like it was not done well like you, you there's a way to do that where you give a satisfying ending but like okay but what about that piece and that's going to be in the next book you know, mm-hmm. I think there's a skill there. <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? And, you know, this one that I read, this Rachel Hannah, she, I don't know her. I'd like to get her on the show. I'm going to try to find her. But she wrote at the end of each book, she writes an epilogue to explain kind of like what happened at, you know, a little bit of where she left off, which some would say maybe that's not the best way to do it, put it in another book. But in a way, if you just want to read the first book, you at least finish off with what happened to the people in the book. But I don't, you know, that's another thing. I've not seen that, you know, too much. But I guess it was okay. But I did get the second book and the third, you know, on an audio. But 
maybe that would, that's hers, and she's very successful. She's got a lot of books, and I thought this is something interesting, though, if you just did like what you said. You don't want to not know anything. If you want to just end the book, at least give them something. Don't just let them hang, you know, because right. you need kind of a rounded, a well-rounded story, I think. So at least if you're going to do a second book, just you can pick up from there, but at least end it where – you know, a person could say this, we like that they ended up together or they didn't, you know, something. I, I agree with you on that. You mm-hmm. have to do something like that. You know, there's yeah. so many there's di- a fun, see, the different... Um, oh, there's a fun young adult series that's out right now by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, and the first one's The Inheritance Games. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I read that one really fast. And it has, it's kind of like a mystery. And the core initial mystery is solved by the end of book one but there's a larger overarching mystery that's going to be over three right. books so like yeah. that's again it's like you have to have some kind of resolution yeah, to yeah. feel and like I think, oh, okay I think, good like, i got what i was coming here for because i right. think now people more than ever because of netflix and all of these you know networks now that are doing different shows you know who you we people have learned series you know where years ago if you were watching a television show it went season to season, but now it goes mm-hmm. like a series. So I think people now get it more because they go, okay, fine, I'm here, then maybe I'll, you know, maybe they'll have another series, you know, season one, season two. And then there's the other time sometimes where you you turn on something and they have five seasons and you go, oh, I don't know if I can do five seasons, you know, because it, it, it <laughs> yeah. is like a commitment. It's like a commitment. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it, 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 things are very different. And the indie authors can really do very well if they, you know, you've mentioned indie a lot, and I think that what the, one of the things is about an indie author, if they have it edited, if they have a good cover, if they have everything like a you know a published book from a big six, I think they can do just fine because then at least their story gets out. But if you think that you can just put a book out without editing and just throw it out there, that's that ruins it for the other indie authors. Very true. You know, just write the write the best story. So, is there anything you want like to add, Stephanie, before we end? Well, for tying up a beach reads theme, I was noticing yes. there's, well, and for Krista and I both being young adult authors, I had noticed there's, I think, three different young adult contemporary romances are, are kind of niche um, that are Netflix movies, like really current ones. And so one was um, Sarah Dessen's Along for the Ride. Sarah Dessen's been writing young, young adult for like 20 years. Um, yeah, so that, that was a Netflix movie. I'm guessing it didn't have like a big splash because I like didn't even know it was out yet. And I was like, hey, that's yeah. this book, you know. Um, and then Jenny Han's The Summer I Turned Pretty. She's the author who did To All the Boys I Loved Before, which was a three-part Netflix. Like, right. There's three movies. And those like really got big a couple of years ago. So her very first book series, they're doing a Netflix um I think it's a movie. I don't think it's a series. Yeah. And then I just saw yeah. it today because my husband works, um, we're both working at home and he's, you know, has the TV on and it was a splash screen of Love and Gelato. And that's a young adult book that's been mm. out for a couple of years. Oh, that's okay. very sweet, escapist. It's just a sweet book. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a Netflix a, movie. Yeah. See, that's a good thing. I think, you know, that is one of the other things. I think if people are older, 
or they're just not familiar with some of these markets, it's really good to just try not staying in the same same old, same old, because there are some very good series, and it shouldn't be always about age. It's just a good story that they have, and so I think mm-hmm. that is a good thing because I watch tons of Netflix, and the problem is with Netflix is there's so much on now that right. you scroll and you, you have to, you know, you got to save it because otherwise the next day ten more come on, and they're also now mm-hmm. putting on movies that from the past. So I think that's yeah, another issue. Boost. Yeah. I got a big boost with the Jenny Han books because as some of my adult friends and people I knew were watching them, people were like, oh, that's what Kristen's books are like. And then all of a sudden they were like, that's what you're writing? Oh, I didn't know. And oh, then yay. they're you yeah. know, coming yeah. over yeah. there. Yeah, see, so that's I was it. Like, hey, that yeah. helped. <laughs> yeah, so try watching. Yeah, try, I really try like watching the Jenny different Han series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's her, a good thing. And also because – go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I'm writing it down as you're talking, uh, their series. So Yeah, Jenny, I, I appreciated Jenny Han's series a lot, too, because I think they're, like, you know, a lot of the teen content, like if you watch, like, the WB or whatever it's called, now CW, I guess, um, like Riverdale is, like, obnoxious, right? And I was, like, not all, like, teen content needs to be this, like, hyper-sexualized, like, out-there stuff. Like, I feel like there needs to be a balance. So I like that there's some content that it, it doesn't – necessarily have to be wholesome you know what I mean but just like yeah oh these are like mm-hmm. regular teenagers and like their friends and family and like I like Riverdale is it coming on Riverdale because like, like I'm seeing them is it on again <laughs> Riverdale because Riverdale I, I, I actually liked nowhere, it <laughs> I liked Riverdale I just, like, yeah. I just don't like like when the newer 9020 or Riverdale right. when they have that crossover with like the teacher teenager I cannot stand that storyline when they try to like do something <laughs> with that it's just like, oh my God! Like first, like that. Just do we have to go there every time? But there's some teacher. Yeah. I'm like, no. Because I've, just I've seen them better. all. On, I saw them on a few. Speaking of TikTok, they were on a few things. So I'm thinking maybe they're just promoting that they might be doing one. Probably, yeah. Listen, I try a lot of things because yeah. I think people, you know, you need to watch all genres to try, just to try. It's not the worst thing in the world because sometimes you could say, oh, I like this, you know, and so mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. So I, I think we got Kristen. Anything else? We got it. No, I've really okay. enjoyed this, right. and I just want to say okay. too that if you are a fan of Stephanie's stuff, you should go on her Facebook and look at her adorable pictures from this ball with this adorable Jane Austen. You look so pretty in that, and I just I was going to ask you more about that, but um, I just thought okay. that that was really, really that was cute. Cool I saw those too. I saw those right. You dressing is that right? I saw that. it was cute. And, you oh, know, was it, was it Bridgerton? Yes. Bridgerton thing or and you're, uh, yeah, I, I put both of you your websites are on the show page so they can click on the show page oh, and you. both of you will come up and the websites will be you know there with all your work and continued work and you both are doing great jobs you're it's a really good market so you know there, it's there's always a need for that because there's always young adults that need to read these kind of books that are right now now I have Stephanie with a fun summertime interview where you can like see some of the things that she enjoyed reading and watching when she was a teenager um, over on my website if you want to check out this interview I do with her okay all right thank you both for being on and thank you it was a great show thank you very much and take care and everybody out there have fun enjoy yourself and if you're writing enjoy it enjoy it Okay, bye.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye.